Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to your horoscope for the week of November 22nd, 2020. I am your astrologer, Nadia Shaw. Thank you for being here. It is a remarkable astrological week. Now, the energy does start off sweet and lovely and empowered, which is great. But I do feel like as we move to the late part of this week, in many ways, the universe is setting the stage for the very big news, the very big star of the show that is coming up at the beginning of next week, and that is the lunar eclipse. So it will be next week that we are going to enter eclipse season, and that'll take us right through to the month or to the middle of December. So it is right now that the universe is in key ways setting the stage late in the week. And for some of us out there, we may start feeling the eclipse energy coming on before the week is even over. So let's talk about what is so nice. Okay, so what's so nice? Well, it's Mercury. It is going to be right around Tuesday that Mercury is going to reach out and speak in supreme harmony with Neptune. And then on Friday, connect with Pluto in a conversation that is also harmonious as well. The supremely harmonious connection with Neptune, well, that's all about seeing things very idealistically in a very dreamy kind of way, eyes filled with faith, which is a lovely place to be. And it is going to be that very energy, this trine, this supremely harmonious connection that is going to encourage us in many ways to consider potential and possibilities. However, the thing to be a little bit careful here is that this can also be getting caught up in illusions. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. When I look at what's coming up a little bit further, we look at the fact on Friday that Mercury is going to connect with Pluto. This is a type of conversation that astrologers call a sextile. Now, this particular type of conversation can be harmonious, but it's also very empowered. It's about realizing that we can seize potential, seize an opportunity, take action, and improve our circumstances as a result. With Mercury in the sign of Scorpio, Pluto being the modern ruler of Scorpio, we are willing to dig deep to get to the truth of a matter, but to do so with focus and with intention. But then, very quickly, the energy just turns right on its head, given what else is happening in the sky. And so what we're going to have on Friday is Venus standing across the sky from Uranus. Venus is also in the sign of Scorpio right now. Now, Uranus is a very different energy from Neptune. In fact, the discovery of Neptune was sort of like the, the swing of the pendulum, sort of the total opposite of where society or where the world and the collective had gone with the discovery of Uranus. Neptune comes along, becomes hyper-spiritual. It is Uranus that is hyper-scientific. It is very real. It is about facing reality and looking at the stark truth. Well, having Uranus stand across the sky from Venus, Venus in her own way is an energy of dreams and of fantasy and of hopes, of love as well. Well, it is this energy that wakes us up out of our desires and has us evaluating things much more honestly. But the very big news in this is the fact that under the same sky, Neptune is going to go direct at the end of the week. Now, this really is the star of the show, at least in the context of this week. The real big star of the show is the lunar eclipse taking place next week. But 
when we look at the setup, the divine setup for us making the most of eclipse season right around the corner, I feel like it is these two energies side by side, both representing seeing things more clearly and seeing things more realistically as well, both representing having epiphanies, but they're different, distinct. Whereas with Uranus, it is about hyper-rationality, seeing things from a detached place. It is Neptune that brings epiphany, that brings clarity, especially with Neptune going direct. All of us in at least one area of life are going to feel as if we might have been a little bit asleep. Maybe there was something that was right there all along, but we didn't want to see it, or we didn't want to admit it, we didn't want to accept it, but now here it is, and there really is no other choice. This is about waking up from a dream space and figuring out how to make reality more ideal. With all this energy having to do with truth, all this Scorpio energy having to do with looking behind the curtain, right? Looking at what's really under the surface, the thing that people don't want to look at, they want to deny. It is now with Neptune that in its own way, we are also seeing a truth. We are seeing where perhaps in some ways we have gotten carried away. Now, as I was looking at this particular sky, the divine setup for eclipse season coming up next week, as I'm calling it, I was reminded of uh, this, this notion of Maya. So let me explain. Maya is uh, a thought or a idea uh, that is... Uh, spoken about at length in many Eastern spiritual traditions. Now, how Maya is conceptualized and understood can be different depending on the region, depending on uh, the tradition that the term is rooted in. But one way to understand Maya is illusion. Okay, so it's illusion, it is duality, uh, it can represent magic even, right? It's been, it's been conceived of in that way. Um, when we look at it from a spiritual perspective, one thing that we can say, and again, with Eastern and rooted in Eastern traditional understanding, is that Maya represents the illusion of life. It represents how, in many ways, the physical world is uh, not necessarily what is real. So, for some traditions, they look at Maya as the duality being the illusion itself. So this idea that the physical and the spiritual are two separate things, that can be illusionary. But in other understandings of Maya, there is an understanding that the physical ultimately serves the spiritual, that what is real is the spiritual existence, the spiritual learning, our pathway towards whether you want to call it enlightenment, whether you want to call it the embodiment of love and wisdom, that is real. And the physical is ultimately illusionary, but helps us, informs us in doing the work so that we can align with the spiritual and we can align with what is happening um, that ultimately is a part of our journey towards the embodiment of the divine or the embodiment of love, the greater embodiment of wisdom, which is what our true essential nature actually is. Uh, enlightenment, like the Buddha, right? It, that means the enlightened one. And what made the Buddha the enlightened one? Well, it was the awareness of his essential nature. 
the awareness that allowed him to separate himself from the things and the illusions of the world. And so I do think that what can happen sometimes uh, is that we get very caught up in the outward manifestation of our lives. And that can, you know, take a whole range. Uh, all the ways in which our lived experience, our realities can be stressful, right? That is part of the modern world. Uh, a part of being a modern mystic, which a lot of us are more and more claiming that and owning that, a part of that means being able to see these things, these uh, occurrences in our physical reality as tools, as what they are, but ultimately keeping a priority on the spiritual, keeping a priority on uh, and a focus on what is the spiritual lesson? How is this in some way helping me and returning me to the reminder of my essential nature, which is love and wisdom? How is this helping me to further embody love and wisdom? And sometimes that happens in ways that are challenging, that are difficult, that are uncomfortable. But that is always the invitation. And that is part of an understanding of Maya, this idea that the physical is illusionary, but the spiritual is primary. The idea that there is separation, especially on a level of spirit, is also illusionary as well. The idea that what we are manifesting is somehow as important or more important than what is happening on levels of spirit that is an illusion. And so I wanted to share this with you because I feel like as I look at the sky and I want to be very cautious about this and I want to be very careful about this because I am truly of the belief that when you look at the sky, you are looking in a mirror, you are seeing yourself and you can't have astrology without the astrologer. It is the astrologer that imbues the sky with meaning. And we can say that there are certain archetypal um, affirmations that are universal when we look at certain aspects that are playing out in the sky, and that's true. But there are a variety of ways in which aspects and archetypes can make themselves known. So I will give you an example. The Saturn-Pluto conjunction, right? So when we had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction 500 years ago, um, that was the Protestant Reformation. So we can look at the Protestant Reformation as an external set of circumstances, right? Power shifted from the Catholic Church to the Protestant Church, and that in turn has led to the modern Western world that we have today. Um, yes, that's, that's what it is on the surface. That's the Maya of it. But what it actually was, on a spiritual level, it was reconfiguring our understanding of the divine, but more importantly, our understanding of our connection to the divine. It was the removal of intermediaries so that you, as a human being, as a lowly person, could read the Word of God and you could decide what it means for yourself. That was revolutionary. That was the archetypal significance. Now, how we manifested that archetype, this new understanding of what it means to be a human being, to recognize the divinity within us. I mean, this is at the foundation of the world that we've created, the modern work ethic, the uh, understanding of our own free will, 
the exercise of our free will, that to be a human being is to have free will, to be able to exert influence on our lives. This is intimately connected to this recognition that we can forge our own relationship and decide for ourselves what God itself is going to be for us. This was unheard of up until the Protestant Reformation, up until 500 years ago in the uh, Western mind. And so now we had this conjunction take place at the beginning of the year, right? It kicked off a very notable, very important astrological year, 2020. This is the beginning of the shift. And anytime we enter a shift, it means that we've entered an ebb. And we need to have the ebb in order to get to the flow. So the flow is happening later this decade. I've been telling you, I will keep telling you that the world that we have at the end of this decade is going to be remarkably different, notably different in so many ways than the world that we have as we begin this decade. This is where, in a very immersive way, life is going to start moving in a whole other direction. What we call the information age, like what we have right now, is absolutely in its infancy. How we understand ourselves and our power and uh, what makes us human itself is going to go through a shift. And this isn't just isolated to one moment. Oh, we had the conjunction and that's it but there are steps in how that transpires and ultimately those steps are archetypal. And so I'm going back to this uh, example that I gave earlier. You can't have astrology without the astrologer. The astrologer, when they gaze at the sky, they are looking at a mirror. When many astrologers, a whole lot of us saw, right? Saturn conjunct Pluto. We knew it was going to be a massive year. We knew it was going to be an important year. Archetypally, we understood what it meant, but that doesn't mean necessarily that that means what it meant 500 years ago. We knew that this energy can speak to isolation, going within. Many, if not all, spiritual traditions in some way or another, speak of the importance of periods of isolation in order to uncover truth. If you want to get to the truth of what's really inside of you, isolation. This is a spiritual practice that we see again and again. Uh, for example, I'm thinking about in indigenous traditions of the Americas, we have things like sweat lodges, right? We have many spiritual traditions talking about going off on your own, right? Moses went into the bush. We have people going into caves, people going into mountains, people going into the wilderness, people going into the desert. Again and again, we see this theme come up with people who then emerge with another perspective. Isolation is a necessary condition to move beyond and to recognize Maya for what it is. The problem is that, and the truth that comes forward sometimes is, that our own Maya is so strong that we may get lost in it. And so going off into isolation, going off on your own, uh, this can bring about a variety of reactions or expressions, right? Again, we see this in mythologies from around the world. Uh, some people, they, you know, lose themselves in order to gain themselves. Um, 
some people realize what really matters. Some people connect to a higher wisdom, right? Some people go to another plane and they may not necessarily return. They may uh, disconnect from reality altogether. But it is the disconnecting from reality that ultimately is sort of a, a survival mechanism of the psyche. Because if one were to truly sit with all that you feel, all that you believe, everything that's in you, all the pain, all the hurt, if you were, would allow it to come up in order to heal it, the idea of it even coming forward is just too great a cost to bear to the psyche that some people are not ready for that work. And so it is much easier to get lost in Maya. It is much easier to get caught up in the illusions of the world instead of be focused on what is it about this circumstance that is leading me to uncover my embodiment of love and wisdom. And that isn't easy. That's a jump. And sometimes in order to get to that embodiment of love and wisdom, you have to go through a lot of disappointment, a lot of pain, a lot of guck. And that is work and that is hard. And it takes a very strong psyche to be willing to do that work. And there are people who are not ready. And so all of us in this very forced way, archetypally speaking, when I say forced, I mean we as a collective on a karmic level, realized that this was work we needed to do. And that is why we have manifested the world that we have right now, all of it. I think it's incredible that we've manifested the internet. I think the internet is a very powerful manifestation of our understanding of how we are connected to everyone and everything, past, present, and future, how it is that information is within us, that we've read it before, we've done it before, we've seen it before, that it can come forward at any time. That is part of what the internet represents. And it is remarkable that this is who we understand ourselves to be, that we would manifest the internet. And it is remarkable that this is what on some level of soul we decided we needed to be still to go within, to be separate. And it sucks and it's hard. It's hard work, but also when you are a person who is not used to doing that, like myself, you know, I like being out and about. I like being out into the world. When you're not used to that stillness, boy, is it hard. You come up to all your resistance. You have to look at Maya. You have to acknowledge, or at least you are invited to Consider where you're getting lost in Maya rather than keeping perspective on the real, which is the spiritual lesson playing out. Now, I also wanted to share, and I'm sharing this idea around Maya because this is going to be very important right now. Neptune is about to go forward. With Neptune retrograde, we get all caught up in our own illusions, our own perceptions. We don't realize we're looking at a mirror. Neptune goes forward and very quickly for a lot of people out there, lights can come on internally. I mean, epiphanies can happen. Oh, wow. I'm getting all caught up in this, but I've lost connection with what is really true, what is really real, or maybe what really matters. 
And sometimes what really matters, that's revealed in being willing to look at the feelings you don't want to feel, that you don't want to face. Now, I do want to share something else, though, right? Uh, along with the, this very idea, when we look at the sky, we're looking at a mirror. I have become very mindful um, around archetypal journeys and very mindful, especially with... Um, with things that are very charged. And when we're looking at things like prediction around, for example, the recent election, there was a lot of very charged energy around it. Um, I think on the one hand, the reason that I do what I do, that I practice astrology, that I, I attempt to learn spiritually, to grow spiritually, I'm you know right here uh, trudging the road to happy destiny, as they say, right along with all of you, I'm right there. Um, but I do this for all kinds of reasons, but partly because I feel that I'm called to do this at this time. And another reason is because I really care about bringing people together. I care about uh, equality. I care about unity. I care about creating an online community that is supportive and kind. Um, and, and that is a priority of mine. And so I have found when I did in the past make videos where I was talking about predictions about elections, for example, it sort of went the other direction of my intention. The reason that I think I'm here, the reason that I'm here is to be supportive and loving and encouraging and uniting. And it's almost like me talking about elections would like automatically start separating people. People would start arguing in the comments and I'm not here for that. That is not what I'm here for. And so I decided long ago, thank you Whitney for the words, but I decided that, okay, I wasn't going to go down that route. That wasn't something I was going to do. But there was another reason for that as well. And that is because I'm very mindful that when we as astrologers, when I as an astrologer gaze upon the sky, I am looking into a mirror. And what I see reflected back is going to be my hopes, my wishes, my fears, my uncertainty. All of that does show up. All of that is reflected back to us. And that is why some people can look at the sky and they can see manipulation, they can see fear, they can see war, they can see all this. And other people look at the sky and they see love and wisdom and empowerment and hope, every reason for hope. I want to give you one example. I saw somebody say, I don't remember who it was, I wouldn't call them out anyways, or, or you know, where they were in their astrological journey. But I might have read it somewhere, I think, where someone said, oh, the U.S. is going to have its Pluto return. And therefore, the last time Pluto was here, the U.S. had a revolutionary war. And therefore, it's going to bring war. How simplistic. And I'm so sorry. I don't like to call out other uh, people. Your relationship to the sky is your own. I would never want to come in the middle, and I don't believe I have any right to tell somebody how to interpret the sky. But my goodness, how simplistic. Yes, of course, wars happen, right? Bad things happen. Pain happens. But when you have the return of a planet, it's never what it was before, when we had the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago, well, now we had this conjunction again. It's not going to look the same. It's not another Protestant Reformation. 
It's something different. And we as a collective, we are older souls than ever before. We don't need to sit in the middle of a lesson that used to take us 100 years or 200 years or 100 lifetimes to get. We can get it much quicker now. We're able to accelerate through our learning. And I do believe uh, evidence for this is found in the fact that up until the late 1770s, the universe was one thing for humanity. It was only one thing, and that was all it was. It went as far as Saturn, and that was it. And then Uranus gets discovered by the Herschel siblings. And all of a sudden, in an instant, there's so much more. We are so much more. Our experiences are so much more connected, are so much more universal. Who we are is simultaneously so much bigger, but also so much smaller than we knew ourselves to be before. And I would say that you can't have the discovery of Uranus without first having the Protestant Reformation. Because it is the Protestant Reformation that starts to change our understanding of what it means to be human. Now, nothing exists in a vacuum. It isn't just that there was this huge thing that happened and that was it. Along the way, there were always um, schools of thought and people who were working out different ideas and sharing those ideas. Along the way, there were people who were writing, people who were contemplating, people who were praying, people who were philosophizing. Right? And so it isn't just that, oh, something starts right here. Nothing exists in a vacuum, but we can't have this whole other understanding of what it means to be human that comes with the discovery of Uranus without first having a whole new understanding of what it means to be human and have a relationship with the divine. And so I, you know, I thought to myself when I saw that, you know, oh, we're going to have the Pluto return and that means war. I thought, well, the U.S. has a Saturn return every 28 and a half years. That's like the, the birth chart of the U.S. I mean, come on. Yes, of course, these things can manifest, but we can manifest them archetypally and we don't need to sit in them. The war doesn't have to be that we're fighting each other in that way out in the street, right? The war can be that. We are willing to look at the wounds of the past. That is also Pluto. Pluto is also reckoning and resolving, bringing genuine healing to the deep wounding that has taken place so that we are renewed, we are reborn. And I almost feel, I gotta say, sometimes it feels almost like, you know, the majority of the people who watch me are American. The majority of the people who come to this channel, and I know I have uh, viewers and friends and fans and superstars and students from all over the world, and I love each and every one of you so much, and I know that you're all over the planet. The majority of my audience has been, from day one, American. And these are people who resonate with what I'm sharing about love, about wisdom. And it almost feels like anticipatory, like, oh my God, it's going to come. There's going to be this, it's going to be that. It doesn't have to be that. Pluto returns can manifest in all kinds of ways, and we can choose to have it manifest in a more enlightened way. And the reason we can choose that is because we know ourselves to be different now than we did before. We are not whom it is that we were some 240 something years ago. 
We are now different as humanity, as people. We have evolved and we will continue to evolve. We don't have to necessarily manifest these archetypes in the most base way possible. And very often we don't. Based on our choices, we elevate. And we see this again and again. And it isn't just pockets of people, but we see it collectively as well. Now, finally, there was one other thing I wanted to say as well. The nodes of the planets, the most widely used nodes are the nodes of the moon in astrology, but all planets have nodes. They represent key turning points uh, on the journey of a given planet or luminary. Um, and that's the most scientific I'm going to get here, right? <laughs> because there are other people out there who can explain it. Uh, there's a wonderful student that I have, Noah, who I actually quoted in my book, The Universe is Wise and Loving. And uh, if he's watching, he can put his wonderful explanation uh, below in the comments as well. But all planets have nodes, and nodes are interpreted very differently depending on what system of astrology you're using what school of astrology, where that school or system originated from, what part of the world, what is the worldview held in that cultural or historical context. But we do know that astrologers have been using the nodes of the moon for many, many years, for centuries. And the way that I interpret the nodes is that they speak to the higher spiritual intention of the planet, in this case, the moon, right? But the nodes of the moon are the most widely used nodes. In astrology, the moon represents home and comfort and ease. And the fact that we as a collective have decided that the nodes of the moon are of primary importance, are the most important nodes, I think that says something about our understanding of how home and spirituality are intimately connected. And so the nodes, the spiritual intention of the soul, what you promised yourself you would become or do over the course of this lifetime, that has nothing to do with what you manifest. That has nothing to do with uh, status or symbols or uh, wealth or manifestation. It isn't about that. It's about your journey towards greater love and greater wisdom and your embodiment of greater love and greater wisdom. That is always the higher spiritual intention. If you are an older soul, you will take on that intention more consciously. Then if you are a younger soul, if you are a younger soul, you may not realize that that's what's happening because you're so focused on Maya. You're so focused on the illusion. You think the illusion is real. The status is real. The, the manifestation is real. But the manifestation is only there to serve the spiritual intent. And if a particular manifestation is not serving the spiritual intent, there will be other physical manifestations that serve the spiritual intent. This is archetypal, and there are a variety of ways in which to manifest an archetype. Just because somebody's having a nodal return, which means the nodes return to where they were when you were born, doesn't mean automatically success. Doesn't mean automatically that this person is going to get everything that they want or, or have a sense of manifestation of something. It means that this individual soul is on a journey. But ultimately, we are moving away as a collective from individuals. All of this energy is starting to move towards Aquarius. Aquarius is about the collective. It is about all of us. It is anti-celebrity. Uh, one of the wonderful teachers that I've had with the speaker series of Synchronicity University, April Cosmic Homegirl, 
She's so brilliant. She said this in the talk that she gave at Synchronicity University. She was talking about this idea of moving away from individuals, moving away from saviors, moving away from this idea of an individual celebrity. And I thought to myself, especially with Aquarius energy, it's all about the niche. It becomes collective. It becomes niche. It becomes that there are lots of people who are very well known and very famous within these exact areas, exacting niches within their particular groups, right? Like, for example, astrology is a niche. And even within astrology, there are so many niches within this community of astrology. Within evolutionary astrologies, you've got your, your people who stand out, who make a contribution. Within Vedic astrology, you've got people who stand out, who make a contribution. Within psychological astrology, and on and on and on. And that is the direction in which we are moving towards. It is moving away from just one person being the be-all and end-all, and more towards this idea of how, instead, it is about something else. And what does it mean to be human? It isn't necessarily about just one person, right? What it means to be human is to be part of humanity. And that is the direction in which all this Aquarian energy is starting to take us. So we are going towards an ebb, which will eventually become a flow later this decade. And so I share all this because I love you. I want to say each and every one of you out there, I love you each and every one of you. I want happiness and joy and peace. Nothing matters as much as peace. And where it is that you feel called to make changes for the collective, to be part of these collective changes that are happening, the ways in which people are wanting changes for the massive and contributing to them, then that's wonderful, but you are going to be so much more effective when you do that from a place of peace within you. There is a way to move towards change and be at peace with yourself. And I want that for you guys. And I look at the fact that Neptune is standing still this week, trining Mercury. We can very easily get lost in Maya. We can very easily spin uh, viewpoints and things like that. But it is ultimately when Neptune goes direct, that lights are going to come on, that a lot of us are going to be invited to consider what's really going on with us. Why is it that the illusion is so attractive? Why is it that we'd rather lose ourselves in an illusion than look at things in a way that acknowledges the depth of what we feel? And that can be disappointment, that can be sadness, that can be pain, that can be wounding, that can be the hurts of the past. To allow ourselves to glimpse that, to be in that, that is the only way to heal it. And the thing is, that work sucks. That work is painful. That is work that only an older soul is even willing to consider because there's no other choice. That is work that we do kicking and screaming. It is almost easier to go into Maya, to dive right into Maya and to lose ourselves in it. What I love about this week for us, well, look, I love that I got a chance to get some things out there, <laughs> to get some things off my chest, because I have been seeing people do a lot of stuff and say a lot of stuff. And 
I don't judge it. Just like, look, who am I to say that someone else's reality is any more or less valid than my reality? And I'm an astrologer. So you know that there are a lot of people out there who think to be an astrologer is to be riding a whole other wave of reality uh, and that they're not down with that. And that's okay too. And so wherever you are in terms of your perception, in terms of your relationship to Maya, in terms of your ownership for the spiritual lessons playing out. I love you, I support you, uh, and I am here in whatever way that you'll have me as part of your journey towards greater love and greater wisdom, and I'm grateful to be part of your sacred journey uh, at this time and in this moment in your life. I do think with Neptune moving forward, while simultaneously, celestially speaking, Venus in Scorpio is standing across the sky from Uranus. Well, all of this says a wake-up call for each of us, getting to the core, getting to the truth, being willing to see things from a different perspective, a clearer, more rational perspective. And this is the kind of energy that can change people deeply, but it can also be energy that could be overwhelming. And so please, wherever you are in your life right now, wherever you are on that journey, my hope is that you are being kind and gentle and loving to yourself in the process. I do think that the moment we acknowledge that Maya exists, right? The idea or the concept of Maya, we have already moved into a place where it loosens its grip on us. When it is that we very gently decide to bring our attention to what spiritual lessons may be playing out, what wounding may be there on a deeper level that's asking to be addressed. That is the pathway to power, the kind of power that can only come by owning the embodiment of love and wisdom that you came here to be, that you are here to be. And that sense of embodiment of love and wisdom, it doesn't happen overnight. We are not the Buddha. We are here to learn. We are here to be inspired by the example of the enlightened one. But ultimately, we are here to learn in the nitty and the gritty and the messy. And my hope is that where it helps, where it brings peace, we are at least able to acknowledge where it is that we are in the midst of our learning. That alone can bring healthy humility. And that alone can be the first step towards meaningful and lasting peace. Well, thank you so much for watching. What do you love about this week? Ooh, I really went on a journey there. I think I need to turn the AC on. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys uh, coming along for the ride uh, with me as you do week after week. I'm so grateful for you. But yes, tell me what you love and what you're excited about about this week. Let me know in the comments below. I love reading you guys. And to prove it to you, here are some of my favorites. My favorite comments that took place over the course of this week. Thank you to everybody who interacts uh, with my videos, with my posts, with me on social media as well. I appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you so much to my superstars as well. Now, if you would like uh, a deep look, a thorough look, 
uh, a look at what this sky could mean for you in your journey by your sun sign or your rising sign, well, check out NadiaShaw.com. Sign up to be one of my superstars. Superstars get expanded exclusive video scopes each and every week, unlimited access to special horoscopes, and so much more. All of this in the superstar space. I look forward to meeting you there. Synchronicity University is in full effect. It is in the swing of things. We got classes coming up. We got classes ongoing right now. And so coming up very soon, once we get into January, the winter 2021 session of Synchronicity University is going to start. My own classes are going to be starting then. And what I've done over the last two years has been two classes per planet. Well, now starting in 2021 and 2022, we're going to do two classes per house. So we're going to start diving into the different houses of the astrology chart. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start with two classes on the second house. We'll do the first class on the eighth house, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Those eighth house types, you know who you are. You feel it deeply. This is a whole other way to consider your eighth house. The second house has to do with money and understanding how to earn it, uh, your relationship to it, how to maximize it, to understand what prosperity means to you. Then we're going to have our first of two classes on the asteroid series. Very important symbol uh, that's going to be playing out astrologically in 2021 in a key way. And then we're going to have a class on um, astrology and the chakras. So that's going to be a lot of fun exploring that together. You can choose your own tuition rate as low as just $5 a class up until the end of this month. So just about a week to go. So if you want to take advantage of choose your own tuition rate uh, to make this accessible to as many people as possible. Or if it is that you would like a um, what's available is a limited number of partial or full scholarships, well, you can learn all about that by visiting the link in the description below or going to synchronicityuniversity.com. It is there that you can learn more about these upcoming classes and sign up as well and choose your own tuition rate for just a little while longer. But if you can't wait until January, there are lots of classes going on right now. It was earlier this autumn that I did two classes on the major arcana. So this is a follow-up to that, two classes on the minor arcana, tarot for astrologers. Now you can sign up for these classes individually. If you want the tarot package, so you just want the tarot classes because they've been very popular, well, you can sign up for them as well. You'll get instant downloads to the classes that have already taken place. You'll get links to access the live classes where they're going to happen. And if you can't join us live, that's okay too. All classes come with a download after the fact so that you can learn from infinitely. So if you want to learn more about these ongoing classes right now, again, synchronicityuniversity.com, links in the description below. Speaker series right now is going on. This is very exciting. Uh, we've had such amazing classes uh, that have taken place. Thank you to all our amazing speakers and the students that show up as well. Now, coming up this week, we're going to have Helene Cecilia. Sarah, and she's going to be teaching about family patterns in the astrology chart. How amazing is that? How important is that as well to really look at that depth of understanding of ourselves? And so she's going to be teaching about that. And then after that, the following week, we really have saved the best for last, the incredible, the one and only Frank Clifford. Now, Frank Clifford is legend. Uh, he is a big dog astrologer. We are so fortunate to have a caliber of this 
type of astrologer uh, teaching at Synchronicity University. And he'll be doing a really practical class on looking at combinations of Ascendant and Midheavens. There are 36 possible combinations. He's going to go through all 36. So what he shares, you'll be able to apply it right away uh, to understand your chart and the charts of others. So you can learn more about the speaker series and so much more. All the classes links are in the description below. I do have a event coming up very soon coming up this coming weekend. It is with Cosmic Intelligence Agency. They are doing a weekend-long event called Brave New World, where different astrologers are going to talk about what's coming up um, for us in 2021 and beyond. I'm going to be looking at Pluto and Aquarius. And not only that, but I'm also going to be looking at the transition into this whole new era that we are going to be starting uh, and entering into more and more as we move later and later into the decade. I'll be looking at the fact that Neptune is at anorectic degrees, is going to be at the very end of the sign of Pisces, while Pluto's moving in and out, uh, retrograding out, back into Capricorn, moving into Aquarius. And so I do think that we are moving towards truly special and big times, and it's all part of ushering in this brave new world as CIA, Cosmic Intelligence Agency, is calling it. So you can get a pass. They only have passes where you get a weekend pass. It's for a low price. I don't remember what it is, but you can learn about what that is by clicking on the link in the description below. Learn more about this event, it really has superstar astrologers as part of it. I feel so privileged to be one of the astrologers asked to contribute. And I'll be talking about Pluto and Aquarius. I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be important. It's going to be big. And I look forward to exploring it with you with the CIA Brave New World event. Link is in the description below. I have books. You can check out my books wherever books are sold. I'm just going to put them up on the screen here instead of holding them up, but it is very exciting to present books to you. Um, I loved writing them. I mentioned earlier as well. So I have uh, Astrology Realized is the very first book that I wrote, and that is foundational understanding to the historical and philosophical development of astrology. It looks at some of the criticisms of astrology, and it also looks at, I think I said that really fast, but it also gives you the basics to understanding how to start reading a birth chart, reading a natal chart. So it gives you the foundational information you need. And then I wrote The Body and the Cosmos. Now, The Body and the Cosmos talks about this integrated worldview, body and spirit, and how that shows up in the sky. I take the ideas of Plato and I apply them to an astrological sky. So that was a lot of fun to write. It includes meditations for each sign. And then I wrote um, Prayers to the Sky, which has been getting really great feedback as well. This is like astrological magic light. It looks at the origin myths of um, the astrological planets, and it also gives you some basics so that you can start uh, getting a feel for whether you want to call it astrological magic. I call it planetary prayers, but all of that is outlined in that book. And then finally, the book I already mentioned, The Universe is Wise and Loving. That is me exploring the nodes of the moon in astrology, where I go through all the sign placements, the house placements, planetary aspects as well all of that in there. And so all of these books are available, links in the description below and wherever it is that books are sold. Finally, you can get my interpretation of your unique birth chart by logging on to my Cosmogram partnership, link in the description below. <laughs> and so Cosmogram and I have teamed up 
I have written out all the possible combinations of the different aspects that can be there in an astrology chart, planetary aspects that is, and Cosmogram had the software, we got together and now you can go onto the Cosmogram website, enter your birth data, within hours they will send you a PDF of my interpretation of your unique birth chart. This has gotten a whole lot of wonderful feedback and I appreciate that so very much. The fact that it's meaningful to you, that it gives you new insights into yourself. Thank you so much to everybody who has ordered that. And so yes, you can learn more about that. You can see a sample so you know exactly what you're gonna get and so much more by clicking on the link in the description below. And finally, I do wanna quickly mention that coming up next weekend, well, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, which means big sales are going to be taking place on my end. Uh, it is the one of the only sales that I do every year. It is the second, and, and yeah, I do two sales every year, the anniversary sale, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And so this is the second, the last one of the year. And uh, they're going to be very, very big discounts, bigger discounts if you're a superstar as well. So regardless... I hope that you will visit us. I hope that you will sign up for the newsletter because it is in the newsletter that you get direct links and you can sign up to the newsletter by going onto my website, NadiaShaw.com and scrolling down to the bottom and registering there. But for all that, be on the lookout, social media and elsewhere for insights. It's gonna be five days of deals. So every day there's gonna be some big deal, some big discount available. I know that there are people who wait for my Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, event. And so I hope that you will check it out. There's gonna be new things that are offered as well. That's really exciting stuff that I have in the works that I hope you'll absolutely love also. And so I look forward to meeting you there. And thank you. Thank you for staying through to the end. If you made it this far, Thank you. You're amazing. I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate that I am some part of your sacred journey. It does mean so much to me uh, that I get to share and I get to say some things that I've been holding back on, but I felt needed to be said, at least for me. And I said it only for me, uh, but I do believe. And along the way, over the years, I have essentially been sharing my spiritual journey with you, my uh, reflection that I see when I look at the sky with you. And uh, the fact that it resonates with you, that you uh, feel it, uh, that it helps you in your life along your spiritual journey, well, all of it, it means so very much to me. So thank you. And thank you again for watching. It'll be a great week. Enjoy.